You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Mama, there goes that man. Stephen Curry's just different, folks. The man's just different. Welcome into Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on The Game, 103.7 Lafayette, one hundred one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here on your Friday. The Golden State Warriors winning their fourth championship in the last eight years, taking down the Boston Celtics by the score of 103-90 to behind 34 points from the chef. I mean, 34 points on 12 of 21 shooting. He also followed that performance up scoring-wise with seven assists and seven rebounds. Only two turnovers, two steals, and a block as well. Six of 11 from deep. Andrew Wiggins comes in with four of nine. Draymond Green even hit two three-pointers. I mean, it was just the it was just the Warriors' night. It just was, one hundred three to ninety once again for the Warriors to win their fourth championship in the last eight years and their first since twenty eighteen. Stephen Curry winning his first Finals MVP. I'm gonna be honest with you, that was the last thing he needed to get on his resume. He's already won League MVP, All Star Game MVP is just icing on the cake. He's won now four titles. He was Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. He's got the record for threes in a career. I mean, the man's done it all. The only thing he needed was a Finals MVP. And he's got that. Hall of Famer? No doubt. Generational talent? No doubt. Top five best to ever do it? Maybe. Not sure. Not sure yet. We'll see. Clay Thompson comes in with 12. Jordan Poole, the third splash brother, with 15 off the bench. For the Boston Celtics, 13 points out of Jason Tatum. He got 19 from Big Al, 34 from Jalen Brown, 10 from Williams, and 9 from Smart. But in the end, 22 turnovers was the demise of the Boston Celtics. Not to mention shooting 42% from the field. But hey, that's a better shooting percentage than the Warriors had last night. Am I right? The reason that I haven't brought in the producer extraordinaire and the co-host with the most, James Mesh, is because he's dressed in all black, having a funeral in, in the master control suite. He he is sad. He is sad, James Mesh, today. And so I'm going to respect his privacy and let him be sad, James Mesh. So you're going to hear a lot of me over the next two hours. So, buckle in. It's going to be a fun one. Score update from Omaha. Oklahoma jumps out to a massive 12-3 lead. And now A&M slowly starting to reel themselves back in. It is now 12-7 in the bottom of the seventh. Oklahoma getting seven runs in the second. And then a grand slam in the fourth from Jackson Nicholas to make it 12-3, to but again, three runs just now in the seventh. 
Texas A&M threatening yet again with runners at the corners, only one out, and their main man, Dylan Rock, at the plate. He needs an at-bat. He needs a good at-bat. He's 0 for 3 so far against Oklahoma today. Looking at some top stories, the NFL has fined Ron Rivera $100,000 and has docked the commander's two OTA practices in 2023 due to excessive contact in spring drills. To be honest with you, I didn't even know that that was worth a penalty. I mean, obviously, they don't want players to get hurt in spring practice, but I didn't realize that there was a line of excessive contact in spring ball. Interesting. Phil Mickelson, last year's U.S. Open, last year's PGA Championship winner, misses the cut at the U.S. Open today, gets a 3-over-73 to finish 11-over for the tournament. He won't have to worry about missing a cut or making the cut in his next two weeks because in the LIV, there is no cut. So no majors for a while, so he's got some time to uh, to enjoy playing 54 holes of golf. Speaking of Stephen Curry, Davidson has announced that they will retire the number 30 in their rafters. Speaking of Davidson, their longtime coach, Mr. Bob McKillop, has announced his retirement after 33 years seasons his son Matt played at Davidson and has been an assistant coach for the past 14 seasons he is now being promoted to replace him as head coach over the past 33 seasons McKillop won 15 regular season titles and made it to 10 NCAA tournaments winning more than 600 games he led Davidson to seven conference tournament titles won two a 10 regular season titles when the Wildcats changed conferences in 2014 and most notably bringing Davidson all the way to the Elite Eight with Stephen Curry as a 10 seed. So 33 years for Bob McKillop, and he will retire from Davidson, South Carolina. In the realm of the WWE, how about Vince McMahon stepping aside as chairman and CEO during while the company investigates a hush money payment? There was an alleged affair between a former WWE employee and Vince McMahon is alleged to have paid her more than $3 million to keep her quiet. But here's where it gets interesting. The belief is that he used company money to pay her. And if that is the truth, yikes. Things can get real, real iffy. Clint Doming has a conspiracy theory that Nick Khan is going to buy the company and then sell it to Disney within six months. Could you could you see Disney and ESPN running the WWE? That could be intriguing. Friday Night SmackDown on ESPN2. Hey, I've seen crazier things. You never know. And... Staying in the realm of college baseball, Texas Longhorns slugger Ivan Melendez has been awarded the Dick Hauser Trophy today as college baseball's top player, hitting 32 home runs, which is the most in Division I since 2003. He also led the nation with 94 RBIs and an 886 slugging percentage. That is filthy, filthy numbers. 
He is the fourth Longhorn to win the Hauser Trophy after Brooks Kisnick, Scott Bryant, and Taylor Youngman. Melendez ranked first in the Big 12 in batting average, hitting 432 with 32 RBIs in conference play. Your other Hauser Trophy finalists were Oregon State pitcher Connor Yerpe, Tennessee third baseman Trey Limscombe, Georgia Tech catcher Kevin Pareda, and Clemson third baseman Max Wagner. Again, Oklahoma 12-8 to now in the top of the eighth. Notre Dame and Texas being the nightcap tonight at 6 o'clock. Another storyline that I wanted to get to here in this first segment, would the Braves ever lose? Winners of 14 straight played the Cubs today in a matinee. James, I know you're not going to talk, but spoiler alert, one to nothing, the Cubs won. The winning streak for the Braves is over. 14 straight games. I wonder how mad Raymond Parsh the third is. I wonder I wonder if he's angry right now at his at his braves. Speaking of MLB baseball, the White Sox and the Astros will play tonight 7-10. You can listen to it right here on the game. Framber Valdez will go for the Astros while Lucas Giolito will go for the White Sox. 7-10 first pitch from Minute Maid Park if you feel like watching it while you listen to us. Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus will carry the game as part of their Friday night baseball services. Uh, speaking of the Astros, Jeremy Pena on the 10-day DL with a what the Astros are calling a thumb issue. He will first be eligible to return for next weekend's series against the Yankees. Poll question of the day today on Twitter and Facebook. Who's your favorite to win in Omaha over the next week and a half? Is it Ole Miss? Is it AM? Is it Oklahoma? Or is it somebody else? You know, Notre Dame is in the field. You've got Arkansas as well. You know, they're looking for revenge after last year. Stanford's looking scary. You you got a lot of talent in, in this field in Omaha this year. Can can AM or can you know Ole Miss? People a lot of people are talking about Ole Miss with how hot they're playing right now. They would be the it'd be the tenth time that in back to back years, two schools from the same state won the men's national championship. With Mississippi State winning it last year, Ole Miss would it would be the tenth time that that has happened. Got a great show lined up for you today. Stephen Willis of Locked On Ole Miss will join us at five fifteen to talk about the Rebels in Omaha. And then we've got a special treat both in the 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock hour. Michael's Men's Club is hosting Ariel Angels next Wednesday, the same night as the birthday bash, for a circus-style event. Information will be provided during these two interviews, one at 4.15 and then the other at 5.30. Speaking of next Wednesday night, it is the game's birthday which means that that is your reminder to party with us as we celebrate 10 years of being Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Join us at B-Dubs on Ambassador on Wednesday for delicious wings and amazing door prizes. Station swag, Astros tickets, a 50-inch TV donated by AVI, car washes from the wash, 
which is donated by Service Chevrolet, a gift card from Partners Limited, a round of golf with a cart at Cane Row Golf Course, a $150 gift card to Mosley and Hollard Men's Clothing, and much more. In addition, Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh will be broadcasting live from the party. Come on out to B-Dubs on Wednesday from 4 to 9 for the game's 10th birthday bash. Take a time out right here. And when we return, we will have interview number one from Michael's Men's Club's Aerial Angels this coming Wednesday night. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Matt Miguez. Wednesday night is going to be the game's 10th birthday bash with plenty of prizes, plenty of giveaways, and crunch time live from B-Dubs. But down the road in Broussard, going to be a little bit of an after-party of sorts with Ariel Angels at Michael's Men's Club, a Cirque du Soleil-style event. Joining me is two of the competitors in the competition, Alicia and Venom. Ladies, thank you for taking the time today. How are you? We're pretty good. Doing well, doing well. So walk me through, you know, the event. Let our listeners know what the event is. That way, you know, when they leave our birthday bash, if they want to head down to Michael's, they can do so. Well, Alicia's got the um, details, so take it away. Um, So we're going to be opening our doors at 5 p.m. For anyone that wants to show up early, the show starts at 7, but it's going to be two divisions, um, an aerial division where uh, people from all over the world actually are coming and bringing their own apparatuses, whether it's Lyra, Silks, Cube, uh, Spiral, all of those and more. Um, uh, That's going to be worth 60% of our scores, and then there's a whole pole division as well that'll be worth 40% of our scores. And after both divisions are done, they'll tally up all of the scores and have the competitors line up and announce who the winner is, but it makes it a little bit different than anything that they've ever had because of the aerial portion. We haven't really had had any of that anywhere before. It's super exciting. Yeah, you know, it, it sounds interesting. It sounds something that, you know, obviously what you guys do mixed in with, you know, the Cirque du Soleil style makes it even more entertaining. Now, $2,500 on the line? Yes. Um, I do believe it's... I'm, I'm not actually sure whether it's uh, fully for one person or whether they divvy it up between first, second, and right. third place. Um, but they they divvy it up between first, second, and third for Olympics. So I would think that would be how it would be. I think so, too. Um, I think the biggest portion obviously goes to the first place winner. but Which yes. is up between two people. <laughs> right. Now, how, how fierce does the competition get between y'all when y'all do like the stripper Olympics and things like this? Um honestly it's friendly competition between just about everyone i i've been to a lot of competitions um recently we were at exotic dancer invitationals the edis um, yeah the edis uh it's put on by exotic dancer magazine everyone um, was everyone sweet. helps each other at all of these amazing events. we want to be able to compete at our best uh for other people to 
you know, feel good about winning. Everyone <laughs> you helps don't wanna, everyone. Um, have somebody else like not do their best just because they didn't have a certain thing or they weren't like well rested or something like that they didn't have confetti so we're all cutting each other's confetti yeah we're all, all like that. helping we're popping confettis we're roadieing for shows like we're we're literally everyone helps everyone that's awesome that's awesome now you know the stripper olympics y'all saw, y'all had the 10th annual a year ago yes. yes so having that experience with that you know competition style to add this extra flair to this how much more fun does that make this um this is um actually kind of out of both of our elements because we both started learning aerials about a year ago now versus we've been um doing pole for way longer, way longer. than that and then I've also been doing show stuff for way longer. So right. for me, Stripper Olympics was the easier competition. This Definitely. one is actually harder, but we have so many competitors coming from around the world. It's going to be amazing to see everyone and like be able to interact with them and also like see their stage performances because Which is we the have best part. We have uh, two of the best national uh, national dancers right now coming to this event on top of uh, there's a girl from out of the country named Black Swan and as far as I know she was a semi-finalist in um, uh, Poland's Got Talent so she's also very very talented right, right. on yes, aerials. There's going to be a bunch of amazing aerialists pole artists everything this is going to be a night you really don't want to miss. No. How many competitors are, are you guys looking at having in this competition? Um, there's Do y'all have a number? 15. 15. 15. Okay. And, you know, you, you talked about people from different parts of the world. How many different countries, how many different areas of the world are being represented? Um, I'm not exactly sure where. Um, I don't want to <laughs> mislabel anyone's uh, where they're from or anything. I know there's a girl that's coming from Canada, um, and then I know that Charzane is not from america but i don't want to label where she's from because right. i forget right now no that's yeah, fine she's, we, we, she's we really know. awesome right. but Not i don't problem. remember um, an amazing performance she hulk if you would <laughs> she hulk i like that yeah, she's called the she hulk for a reason a, a very good reason <laughs> uh, i like that now for ticket information or, or how people can can get more information on the event where can they go how can they figure this out um as far as i know you show up um you pay the door fee um i'm not quite sure what the door fee is going to be at this time um we haven't gone over that because that's more bailey's forte than mine it's hosted by bailey fox and she and uh, jeremy schweiger put this together so it's more of a question for them um Definitely. i'm not sure being a competitor how that is going to work we're more on the focus of how it's going to run and um what we're doing on the stages what where we need to be so i think bailey has more information on that aerial angels next wednesday night at michael's men's club it's like the commercial says it's like vegas but in broussard right yes right? very much so uh-huh ladies alicia and venom thank you so much for taking the time thank you for good luck us. in the competition and oh, once again thank you for taking the time thank you well, thank you <laughs> You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Johnson throws. Boutte's got it wide open at the 10. Far side. He's in for the score. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back. 
Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, Matt Miguez. And ladies and gentlemen, I think I pulled James Mesh out of out of his little hole. Has 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 he Howdy. Hello. How are you, James? Oh, I'm just dandy. It's an amazing Friday. I mean, you couldn't be happier. Life is amazing. What can I say? Sunshine and rainbows. You want me to rain on your parade a little bit further? Oh, I couldn't do much. Couldn't do any more. There's a tweet from David Johnson. Uh huh. Yeah, I'd seen that. Yeah, he said he's not going to sign because of they couldn't agree to terms on a contract. Unfortunately, we couldn't come to terms, but appreciate the Saints for the opportunity. Journey to be continued. So, Abram Smith time, baby. Hey, bro. I'm whatever. I'm I'm good with it now. It, it, <laughs> couldn't couldn't get a uh, Sony Michelle. Can't get David Johnson. Can't guess, sign anybody. I guess we'll just have to stick with the running back who ran for 1600 yards last year. And uh, oh man, we're gonna suck. Speaking of raining on parades, it just gets worse for the Los Angeles Angels. Anthony Rendon will undergo season-ending surgery on his wrist. Ooh. The, the hits just keep on coming. All right, James. Panthers I, I, are still doing their due diligence to get Baker. Well, of course. They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop until they have him. I just find it funny because um, Sam Darnold was drafted second or third, mm-hmm. and then Baker was drafted first in the same draft, mm-hmm. and the Panthers would have both. It makes no sense. Anyways, Jerry Jones insists that Sean Payton, quote, Shouldn't be a conversation piece for the Cowboys coaching job. Your thoughts? He says that until he wants to get back into coaching, and he's like, you know what? I want this Peyton guy. Sean Payton shouldn't be out there. For him, the Cowboys, that's just sheer out of the air. It's well known we're good friends, and we think a lot of him as a head coach, but in this case, asking the way you're asking, he shouldn't be a conversation piece. You say that until you have the until, opportunity to uh, sign until him. you get the opportunity. Mike McCarthy right. shows just how bad he is at time management, and then he's one of the reasons why you lose in the first round every single year. You're gonna you're gonna lose to the Eagles. Eagles are winning the division. I'm gonna tell you right now. I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. Uh, what you think about Colin Morikawa? Leading the U.S. Oh, Open. Oh, he just got back into it? He's a four under. Oh. Well, last he, time I looked at it, it was uh, Dahman, he had, who, had he just, and, who had just taken over. He and Joel Dahman are tied at four under. And then you've got Scotty Scheffler, Nick Hardy, Hayden Buckley, John Rahm, Rory, Aaron Wise at three under. And then Sam Burns, Matt Fitzpatrick at two under. With Patrick Rogers, Matthew Neesmith, and Keegan Bradley. Xander Shoffley at one under. Brooks Kepka is at even. Hideki Matsuyama and Will Zalatoris at even. Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, and Patrick Reed all at one over. Things are going to get very, very interesting in this tournament. Not Zalatoris. Oh, Will's coming. Will's, Will's hanging around, man. He's one over for the day, but he shot a one under yesterday, so he's yeah, he's even right now. He's in the mix, and then you know if you go down the list, Jordan Spieth, he's at three over right now. He's not having a great day, but considering the cuts at three over, he's going to be in. He'll be playing through the weekend. Tomorrow's moving day, so 
Plenty of time left with 36 holes still to go for most. I mean, you got a couple of guys that are that are just starting their back nine today. But going to be an interesting tournament over there at Brookline right outside of Boston. Windy, warm, high grass in the roughs. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be interesting. Omaha update: Oklahoma leads Texas A&M twelve to eight in the bottom of the eighth. The Aggies are coming back. They're they're trying to they're, they're trying make, to put one together. They, yeah, they start off down eight runs at the top of the second. Yeah, they're they're definitely trying to put one together. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, the Astros tonight again. You know, talked about that. Played the White Sox, but James. It's time. It's time to address the elephant in the room. I know you don't want to talk about it. Yeah, Celtics just. I know. I know you're upset, and I know you don't want to talk about it. But we have to. I'm, I'm, there. I mean, there is a lot to talk about. So, uh, give me, give me your thoughts on Game Six of the NBA Finals. Oh, they look shell shocked. They look tired. They they look like they didn't understand how to play a game of basketball. Honestly, and that and that's not even me being over exact. Like they. <laughs> They just didn't understand. So uh, they got they got trapped every time. They didn't understand how to get out of a trap. I'm they just, got they I'm didn't just, like being double teamed. I'm just gonna turn my mic off and let you go. No, you can you could you could talk. You could talk. Go ahead. No, you no keep your mic on. Yeah. Okay. Tatum Tatum obviously he hasn't been right. I'm not using this as an excuse. He still sucked, but he's he clearly hasn't been the same since he got injured in the Milwaukee series. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, very clear. It felt like Jalen Brown, he scored 34, but oh my God, these damn turnovers. You you got to be kidding me. Five from your two best players? Why is the best one Al Horford? He's 37! Why is he the one that's doing the best? Why, is it, why does it feel like he's the only one that's putting juice in this lineup? Where'd Derek White go? Where did he go? Oh, Derek White. Where did he go? He disappeared. Derek White pulled a Homer Simpson and, and snuck into the bush. Oh, he ski daddled. He ski daddled. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he he said, "I don't think I want to be here. I'm I'm gonna go." And you know who else didn't really show up? Most of the lineup. Well, Marcus Smart only had nine points. He had nine assists. That's cool. But he also contributed a good bit with the turnovers. Twenty-two turnovers in in total. Why do you why can't you hold on to the ball? It's not it's not like Golden State played phenomenal. It's oh. not it's not like they were otherworldly cuz they had 15 themselves. They were careless with the ball as well. 100%. I'll 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 say my piece. From what I watched last night, it it looked like guys like Jason Tatum, guys like Marcus Smart, guys like Jalen Brown were trying to do too much. Like there was a couple of times that I saw Tatum get double teamed or or have really good defense on him one on one. And instead of kicking it to somebody else, he'd spin into that's, a double that's team. That's Jalen that's Jalen Brown every time. He spins every into time a double I, team. Every time I see a spin move, it's into a double triple team because they see him going to the basket. So the like, way the Roy the way the Roy, Warriors defense they collapse to it towards the basket to where we're not giving you a free layup. So as soon as he spins, boom, he's running into Draymond. Yep. Boom, he's running into Steph. And, and they just steal it yeah, every time. I, I saw that happen from him. I saw it happen from Tatum. 
I saw Tatum, I saw Tatum as, soon as, as soon as he gets to the free throw line, I, I swear, he only knows one move on the fast break, and that's a Euro step. I'm like, just pass, pass the ball. Yes, you're the superstar, but other people can score. Pass the ball. That's what bugs me as a basketball guy. You watch guys like Jason Tatum try to do too much. Yes, I know there's a lot of pressure on you. You're 24 in the face of a franchise. Like, I get it. And this is your you're you're, you're facing an elimination game in in the finals. I, I get it. The lights are bright, but boy oh boy, the Warriors well, the the Warriors gave you a chance. The phrase you were looking for was "holy cannoli." No, <laughs> the Warriors gave you a chance because Clay Thompson, certified bag seller, he didn't make a shot in the second half. He was five for twenty. He had twelve points at halftime. He didn't score again. Four rings, my guy. Sure, go ahead. That's mainly Steph. Steph, I don't know what he has against the the Celtics, but he he decides every time. You know what? I the 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 Cavs. Kevin Love. Oh, Matthew Dellavedova. Lock me up, boy. But as soon as it comes to Celtics, oh, that's cash money, baby. I'm knocking that stuff down from thirty five. 7060111 if you want to chime in. And, and Why is Draymond making more threes than Tatum? Add on to James James's anger. We're going we're gonna to make a Meshes Monday mania or, or something. We're, we're going to have you go on a rant just like Foot does on Fridays. Oh, no. It, it's only if the, the Celtics or Saints lose. Oh, we're, well, not, we're not getting any more of those until we get to September. Steve Kerr. Nine rings? Nine rings. Closing in on the most anybody's ever had in NBA history. Hey, he knows now, how to coach. Now, granted, the five as a player, it pays to be Michael Jordan's teammate. I was going to say, it pays to be Michael Jordan's teammate, and it not pays that, to have Steph Curry. Not that Curry, not that Curry was a bad Kevin player. Durant. Not that Curry was a bad player when he played. But no, man. but when you have the greatest player of all time and arguably the best duo ever, and Jordan and Pippen. Oh yeah, like, it, and then it, you got Robin. It, it paid. It paid to be a role player on that squad. I'm just that's yeah. Five rings as a player. It's his fourth as a coach. And uh, unfortunately for your Boston Celtics, I'm not sure that the Warriors are done either. No, no, because if, if you look at Steph, he's in the best shape of his life at 34 years old. That dude looks big. He looks swole, and he's still doing as much cardio as he's ever done. He all he's. I, I don't want to say I could guard Steph, but I feel like I could run around with him because that's what I do on the court. I just run around all the time, just waiting until I can get the ball. Jordan Poole's a new splash brother. Oh, he's he's third, and he's replacing Clay Thompson. Kaminga's gonna be a stud. You're gonna get a healthy James Wiseman back next year. You're paying Wiggins. You're paying Wiggins. You may be paying Draymond. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Um. Yeah, they're they're not done. No. Do Do you see Curry getting six? But he will get more comp. They They will get more comp in the West. Oh, for sure, for sure. Do Do you see Curry tying Jordan and getting six? Who? Oh. Can he win two more? That is a good chance. There There is a chance. I'm not gonna say for sure it, it could happen because what if Steph only has three more years in him? Does he win True. two more two times in the next three years? Yeah. Does he go three um, out of four in the in the last four? I'm I'm not sure. It also just it also depends what's the supporting cast going to look like because you got Wiggins 
He looked good this year. He's he's finally stepped up, but this is the first time he's ever done that. Can we see it happen a second, third, fourth, fifth time in a row? What's what are they going to do with Clay? What are they going to do when Draymond's gone? Speaking of Clay, did you watch his post game press conference? Oh, they just absolutely took a dump on JJJ. <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr. posted a tweet on March 28th after the Warriors lost to Memphis 123 to 95. And he put strength in numbers, which, if you're unfamiliar, was once the Warriors' moniker. That was like their team motto. So last night, he said, strength in numbers is alive and well. There was this one player on the Grizzlies who tweeted strength in numbers after they beat us in the regular season, and it pissed me off so much. I can't wait to retweet that thing. Freaking bum. Mm Mm-hmm. I had to watch that. I'm like, this freaking clown. Love watching tweets. Jim Rome talked about it today. He said, you know, in the way that Clay Thompson said it, that has to be the most derogatory PG phrase you could make. Oh, he, he was freaking he was trying, bum. He was trying so hard not to curse. You freaking bum. I mean, if, if you, if you, if you're sitting there and somebody calls you a bum, that hits you. Depends on my mood. Okay, if you're in Jaron Jackson Jr.'s scenario. Oh yeah, if, that I, hits if, you. if I'm if I'm watching the the Warriors <laughs> if win getting, the championship and Clay calls me out, then I'm like, if you're getting well, clapped backed on, and I, and you have nothing to say, right? Yeah, that that's gonna hit you. Oh yeah, no doubt. And and Clay knew that it was gonna hit him, and that's why he did it. Man, it and then the everybody's laughing about the holy cannoli thing. I I don't I don't get it. I mean, it, it was funny that he said holy cannoli in the middle of an interview, but like, it's not it's not that funny. But anyways, looking at the poll question, who's your favorite in Omaha? So far, twenty percent of you say Ole Miss, twenty percent say Oklahoma, and I've got sixty percent riding with the Aggies. On our poll question, James, do you have a favorite for Omaha? Who man, Ole Miss is looking pretty solid so far. Yeah, dude, they're they're hot, they're red hot right now. But again, you got Notre Dame, you got Texas, you've got Arkansas, you have Auburn. Even I mean, there is there is a lot of firepower. I mean, no doubt, and. It, it almost feels like it's wide open now since Tennessee's out. Yeah, it, it's it, it feels like it's very much wide open. Stanford, it, it felt like Oklahoma was running away with this game, and now it's only four. We're at the top of the ninth, but it's still within reach. Hey, o- Oklahoma scored seven in an inning. I think Texas A&M can score four. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like we we could go to extra innings with this game. Oof. Extra innings in the game number one, and it's hot. <laughs> oh, it's hot. Oh, it's hot. What you think the What you think the high is in Omaha? I'm gonna look it up. What's your What's your prediction of what the high would be? Oh, ninety two. <laughs> you have it pulled up on your computer. No, don't you? I did. I call that. You did. Um, I, I told you I'm a prophet. Ninety two winds at nine miles per hour with a forty percent humidity. But man, Monday. Monday's going to be 99. Oh. 99 on Monday in Omaha. And you know they're playing games on Monday. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, they are. 
God, that is. Can they can they build a temporary dome over over Charleswa Park in Omaha? God, that's brutal. Ninety nine, and it, I think the field in Omaha is turf, so that's going to add, you know, twenty degrees. That uh, uh-uh. nope, no, thank you. Rescue Fest is Saturday, June 25th over at Park International. It's a day of live music featuring the Saruso Band, Jet 7, Layla Laverne, Hunter Corville, and Cam Nelson. We have plenty of food, games, and even a raffle. Rescue Fest is a fundraiser for the Rescue Group of Acadiana, a group that provides financial and emotional assistance to grieving families of child loss. To buy tickets, head to Eventbrite or by visiting rescuegroup.org, R-E-S-C-Y-O-U group. Org. Let's take a time out when we return. We'll talk some Houston Astros. We'll talk some NHL. We'll wrap up hour number one with a stacked hour number two on the other side. You're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? I'd like that. Not all of them had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw at his own kid in a father's son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James, I saw an interesting tweet during the break. The NFL, according to Mark Maskey, will call for a, quote, significant suspension of Deshaun Watson for violating the league's personal conduct policy. What do you think significant means in the eyes of the NFL? Five games. <laughs> no, Five games. No, I'm just playing. I'm playing. I had seen it. Oh, where is it? I can't find it. Oh, love when technology does not work. So I do, but I do remember seeing it was a Bleach Report notification. It said Deshaun Watson about to be banned, if I recall correctly. I did see a tweet that said it was it was coming from his like management that they're preparing for him to be suspended for the whole season. So I mean that to me that seems pretty significant. I mean, the man has to sit out for an entire year. Yeah, okay, here it is. Watson may get season banned. Yeah. I could see that, Um, which is interesting considering that he is – he's already sat out a full season, what, two years ago? Three years ago? Oh, last year. Last year. I think it's the last two years. Last two years. I think. So the man hasn't played a full game. Because I don't remember him playing in 2020. I don't remember him playing in 2020 either. That's so the last two years the man hasn't played a game, and now we gonna have him sit out for a third. Yikes! His time, career time, might end. Time flies when his career might end. I mean, how do you? How do you? Oh no, he he did play in 2020. I'm sorry. That's whenever the the team just sucked. 
Oh yeah, that's and JJ and Watt was like, "I'm sorry, we wasted one of your years." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then twenty, and then after the season is whenever everything popped up. So then he sat out out Last all year. of 2021. Yeah, that's what it was. Positive news for the Astros: Lance McCullers Jr. was throwing off the main mound of Minute Maid Park today with pitching coach right behind him. So pretty good news that he's back on the the full size mound pitching again. I mean, one step closer to a rehab assignment, which puts him even one step closer to returning to the field. Jeremy Pena stood at the plate with a bat in his hands while McCullers was pitching, but he never swung the bat, which is uh, concerning, considering that he is out for the next 10 days with that thumb issue. James, scale of 1 to 10, rate the Saints' new helmets. The new helmet? Yeah. Seven and a half? Seven and a half. Like, it's all right. I, I like that it's got the fleur de lis all a part of the, what would you call it? The stripe? The, yeah, the stripe at the top. That That's cool. I like that it is a black one. I've seen other people do concept designs, like, for the longest time, and I feel like those were better than the final product that the Saints actually came up with. But it, it's not bad. It's not the worst, but I would not be like, oh my gosh, I'm in love with it. Right. Uh-oh. Oklahoma has added a run as now 13-8 to eight in favor of the Sooners still in the top of the ninth. Uh-oh, no rally, Aggie. And from what I can tell, there's nobody out either. So the Sooners might not be done in terms of running away with Game 1 of the College World Series. Take another peek at the U.S. Open still in progress. Harrison Buckley and John Rahm have joined the top of the leaderboard. Not Harrison Buckley, Hayden Buckley. Hayden Buckley, John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, and Joel Dahman all at four under so far. John Rahm, John Rahm still has one more hole to play today. So could John Rahm take the lead heading into the weekend? Interesting. John Rahm didn't get any balls stolen today. Thank God. Update the poll question as well here on Facebook and Twitter. Who is your favorite in Omaha so far on the poll question? Let's see. 60% of you say AM, 20% say Ole Miss, 20% say Oklahoma. Keep those votes coming. And as always, you can hit us up on the call on the hotline, 706-0111. Here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium 32.3 and channel 133 on LUS Fiber. I've got an article here. Four issues the Celtics need to address if they want to take the final step to a championship next season. Turnovers. Interior scoring. Depth. Rebounding. James, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Turnover is easy, number one. Yeah, that's obvious. Yeah. Rebounding. Rebounding, that one is pretty big because... Well, here's the thing. They can get boards... It's just the offensive boards that they need to work on. Yeah, I need I need more put I need more second chance. See, I don't know if I agree with the depth thing. The depth thing, yeah, I'm not 
like, I don't know if I agree with that. Because give Peyton Pritchard another year to develop. Give more time Aaron for Aaron Neesmith. Derek White's in your bench? Derek White's on the bench. You I mean, still got smart. You have Grant Williams, who's going to be the eventual replacement maybe, for Al Horford. The only thing I would do is like... Maybe a depth center? Yeah, because, I mean, you're not really interested in still having Tyson on the, on the floor. You you just need somebody to be out there that's a really good replacement just in case. And I hate to say it, but whenever Rob Williams gets injured because he does a lot. And, and I'm worried because they were talking about... Well, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, again, turnovers, easy number one. You've got the interior scoring as well. I agree with that. I mean, Al Horford, Robert Williams, you know, your your big your big men have to be able to score more. And, and just everybody needs to make somehow make a layup because they well, couldn't make that last night. And then the depth thing, like I said, don't agree with. And then rebounding, 100% agree with. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two on the other side of the top of the hour sports update here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Hour number two of two. Friday fun show here on Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. On the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, and you. Happy Friday to you. On the hotline, 706-0111. If you want to get in on the show here in Acadiana, you can watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. James Jason Tatum has said no to shoulder surgery. What are your what are your thoughts on do you think he needs shoulder surgery? Do you think he's right by holding off? What what do you think? Well, if you don't necessarily need it, I wouldn't say just get a surgery just to get a surgery. Could it would it definitely help? Yes, but if he doesn't feel like he needs it, I trust him, but boy, if he still got issues, and we got another, and we got a Michael Thomas situation up in Boston, not gonna be happy. So you better, you better get your, you know what together. Yep. Because, because what I saw from those finals, pathetic. Surprised we haven't heard from Martin. You know, I don't want a song. The 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 Warriors super fan. Surprise, surprise, he hasn't called in singing We Are the Champions this, this afternoon. I know he did it this we're not, morning. We're not, we're not doing another We Are the Champions. But uh, let's talk about the New Orleans Breakers landing six players on the all-USFL team, including center Jared Thomas, tight end Sal Canella, quarterback Kyle Slaughter, defensive end Davin Bellamy, defensive tackle Reggie Howard Jr., and linebacker Gerard Fernandez. Year number one for the Breakers, pretty good. I mean, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, and and they got quite a bit of the roster filled. Six of them? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So congratulations to the Breakers, as always. Man, I'm a big fan of Kyle Slaughter. 
he's he's a good quarterback. Yeah, his his stats aren't the best, but they ultimately do what they need to do to win. And being at six and three after nine games, yep, it's pretty good. Game two of the Stanley Cup Finals is tomorrow night between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. The Avs lead the series currently one game to none after the 4-3 to three overtime victory that James should have bet on. Haunt me. It, it's going to haunt you for yeah. a long time. I'm, I'm not going to be able to call another I'd, I'd like to see how game. much money you, you would have won. Uh, too far gone. Had you, had you guessed the score... Correctly. So, so I've guessed Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I've guessed the Stanley Cup game. Now, if if you don't mind me asking, Super Bowl score. Yeah. How much did you bet? How much did you win? I put three dollars. Okay. I got three hundred and three dollars. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hundred to one odds. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And w- what else did you say you guessed correctly? Well, the Stanley Cup final game. Oh, you would have got, but yeah. but I didn't bet on it, right? But I did. I did say what the score would be. Uh, we, we were talking about the over under, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm thinking like a four to three avalanche." I was like, "Oh no!" When I <laughs> when I saw the score, I was like, "Oh no! <laughs> oh no! He's so good at this. He should have did it. He should have did he it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it." Okay, so. Here, here's another thing that that I kind of want to get into. You know, we we talked about the Boston Celtics. We talked about their struggles throughout the finals. But a question that a lot of people seem to be asking, you know, on social media and and in the world of sports, is how does Boston get better? Because I don't know, I don't know if you see the same thing, James. But when I was watching last night. I feel like they're still one piece away. But the problem is, I can't figure out what the piece is. You need a Wiggins. But where do you go to get that? You have to look in the draft, or you're going to have to look for somebody that's willing to do that dirty work. Because you you, if you want to succeed, you need somebody that's going to get down dirty and go get those offensive rebounds. You need somebody that's going to get a bucket when Jalen Brown is out here doing pure wet spin moves and running it to 10 people. And whenever Jason Tatum is deciding, my side steps three doesn't want to go in today. What do I do? Oh, I'm just going to Euro step and lose the ball. So you need, you need somebody that's going to be able to do the dirty work, put his head down and just try and get a bucket whenever he can and spark his offense. That's the type of player that you need. And then on the other side for the Warriors, does Draymond return? You know, they're they're running into a contract situation with with Draymond. You know, you got guys like Curry making over forty million dollars a year. You got Steph, I mean you got Clay making close to twenty million, if not more than twenty million. Draymond's making twenty five million a year. Like at, at what point can you there's gonna come a point where you can't afford them all anymore? Let's go to the hotline. Jay's calling into the show. What's going on, Jay? Uh, you pay luxury tax. That's why uh, it's called a luxury tax. Teams can pay the luxury tax when they can't afford them. Um, also, uh, the Celtics need a true point guard. They need a point guard, same caliber as uh, Lowry, Kyle Lowry. They need a point guard to slow the game down, to gather the players up. That's what they were missing, especially last night. Uh, Golden State kept going on those runs. 
basically uh, sealed the deal. Marcus Smart, you know, he's a great player, but he's not a true point guard. You just need that point guard just to get everybody like a Rondo type, you know, kind of, like I said, Lowry. So you can find that point guard. Uh, this league doesn't have too many point guards of that caliber anymore. But if you can find that point guard to run the team, that might be the missing piece for the uh, something. And uh, that's all I have to add, and uh, thank you. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, I, I could see that. You know, Mark, Marcus Smart isn't a true point guard. Or, you know, like they say in Boston, Marcus Smart. He, he's not a true point guard. Kyle Lowry? I mean, maybe Kyle Lowry five years ago. Not Kyle Lowry now. But, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, a player like Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, and then, you know, the luxury tax thing, sure, I, every, everybody could pay the luxury. Who wants to? Is Draymond Green worth paying the luxury tax for? I don't think so. Not anymore. Maybe I'm in the minority on that, but, I mean, he's 32. And after what I saw through not just the finals, but the playoffs, he has one year left on his contract. I mean, he's going to have to prove it to you because I don't know that, that he's that he's worth it. Well, hold on. Maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. 21-22, that's the season we just finished, right? So he has two years left on his contract. His contract expires in 2024. So yeah, he still has two years left on his contract. I, I say you trade him. James, what do you think? Trade Draymond? Yeah. I mean, you, you owe him $26 million this year and almost 28 next year. Is he worth that now? I don't think so. Here's the thing. I, I know he's not good at scoring. He does so many other things, though. He'll get you steals. He'll get you blocks. He'll play defense and get rebounds and play another version. of He'll, he'll be point forward and get you assists and get guys open. My only issue is when you have guys like Wiseman. And you have guys like Jonathan Kaminga, who you think highly of. Is it worth paying $50 million over two more years to a guy that does secondary things well? I don't know that it is. Because you can't tell me that taking Draymond out of the picture takes the Warriors out of the contending spot. Out of the championship caliber team. Losing Draymond doesn't change that. You still have Wiggins, you still have Clay, you still have Steph, you still have Poole, Wiseman, Kaminga, Looney. I mean, you can't tell me that that team wouldn't win a championship. They would have a shot, but you just lowered your chances by getting rid of Draymond. As much you- as as much as I don't like Draymond, I gotta admit he he's one of those players that does the the dirty work. He does the secondary stuff. He does the other things that Steph doesn't necessarily do. That way, Steph can focus more on. Ball handling, scoring, and playmaking. I'm I'm with you. I, I get what you're saying because he's only he's only 32. I just don't know that the secondary stuff is worth 26 million dollars a year. That's a lot of money. Well, considering the money is only going to go up every year, it's it's not as bad once you look at it next year and once you look at it two years down the line. A lot of players they're getting 18, 19, 20 anyway, and 
they're not necessarily as proven as Draymond. So paying those extra few million, if you if it means having somebody that has playoff and finals experience and knows how to win, that makes a lot of a difference. I guess. I just again, I, I'm I'm in the minority that I, I don't I don't know that he's worth it. I don't know that he's worth fifty million dollars over the next two years. Now that he's 32 and 10 years deep into his NBA career. He's also pretty injury prone. So I don't know. That's that's a conversation that we could have for the remainder of the show. Um, talking to LSU real quick. Jay Johnson's going to have to replace two of his assistant coaches now. Dan Fitzgerald heading to Kansas to be their new head coach. And Jason Kelly, the LSU pitching coach has been hired by the Washington Huskies to be their new head coach. Another interesting detail, going back to the Anthony Rendon story, Anthony Rendon's on a $245 million contract, and you're now going to lose him for the rest of the year because of a wrist injury? Man, it doesn't get better for the Angels, does it? That is absolutely brutal news if you are the LA Angels. We'll take a timeout right here and when we return to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, Stephen Willis of Positively Old Miss and the Locked On Old Miss podcast will join us to discuss the Rebels and their trip to Omaha here on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 17, 1978. In a win over the California Angels, Ron Guidry sets a New York Yankees record with 18 strikeouts. Louisiana Lightning would go on to record 248 strikeouts that season and win the Cy Young Award. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The College World Series getting underway today in Omaha. Four schools from the SEC, and all four of them from the SEC West. The biggest surprise, and right now one of the favorites, is Hotty Toddy, the Rebels of Ole Miss. Joining us to discuss Ole Miss's road and what's going to come next in Omaha is the host of Locked On Ole Miss, Mr. Stephen Willis. Stephen, thank you for taking the time, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing quite good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, you know, I remember when Ole Miss played LSU, you know, over a little over a month ago, and when they came in and swept LSU and Baton Rouge, the, the thought process was that Ole Miss wasn't the same team that they've always been, but ever since then, man, they have absolutely caught fire. Yeah, they have. And actually, um, the downturn started after the Tennessee series. I think that was the third series of the year. Ole Miss's ERA was up close to nine 
It was something ridiculous. But then over the, you know, they kept spiraling down and spiraling down. And all of a sudden they could have swept Arkansas. They ended up only taking one of three, but they played pretty well that weekend. They turned it into a Missouri sweep an LSU sweep. They got the one win they needed against Texas A&M. And I think they they're 13 and three over the last 16 or something like that, including five straight in the tournament. So, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this interview on Zoom. So on our simulcast on, on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 here in Acadiana on LUS Fiber, Stephen, I got to tell you, your, uh, your, your setup is impeccable. Thank you very much. I actually put a, um, a lot of work into that, and it's kind of um, developed over about 18 months. So is that a, is um, that a green screen behind you? Oh, it's a painted green wall. It's like broadcast paint and um I, I actually key over that it's a it looks like um kind of blue cinder block normally when i do my show but i don't re- i can't really key on zoom that's impressive that's impressive chatting yeah. with Stephen willis here of locked on Ole miss now looking at their journey in the regionals you got two big wins over arizona one 22 to 6 win and then the the biggest win was over the host you know the, the two to one win to to miami that, that regional performance was was pretty fantastic. Walk us through that regional. Well, um, Ole Miss actually beat Arizona the first night. They faced Arizona's ace and was able to get the win. And then they faced Palmquist the Miami ace. And, and it, honestly, dude, that cat was good. Um, we had one big hit in the eighth inning, was able to squeak out a two-to-one win. Then Arizona took them out um, in the loser's bracket. And then we just took out all manner of frustration. Because I don't know if you know – um, last year, the Super Regional, it was Arizona that put us out, and they put us out like 16 to 5. So we won that game like 22 to 6, led into um, a 10 to nothing win and a 5 to nothing win in the Super Regional, and it's just like gasoline on the fire. It's like 37 to 6 over the last three games for this team. It's crazy. Now, and then going to the Super Regional, I mean, going to Hattiesburg and, and playing Ole Miss, an in state opponent. You know that that the peat was rocking that weekend, and, and to go in there and to outscore them fifteen to nothing in the both games. I mean, how crazy is that? It's absolutely nuts because we joked about it. Um, there was a midweek game in between the Missouri series and the LSU series um, to where we had to go play um, Southern Miss at P. Taylor Park, and it was a campus record, and it was an unbelievably hostile environment. I think Ole Miss won four to one or something like that. And so they were prepared for what they were going to walk into because you had the Hattiesburg mayor spewing all kind of vitriol. There's a lot of little brother stuff. And this isn't like um, insulting Southern Miss because as a ULL graduate, I'm sure, you know, LSU people treat you that way. That's not what I'm saying here. Um, There was like a real mean spirited tone to this, even like politically, it was absolutely weird. And Ole Miss, whenever they were able to, I guess, jump on them in the sixth inning in that first game, they had like a seven-run inning. You could actually just see the Southern players' shoulders shrug, and at that point, they just didn't think they could win anymore. So as long as Ole Miss didn't lose the game, um, they were going to go through the Super Regional at that point. Chatting with Stephen Willis of Locked On Ole Miss. You know, when you, when you think of Ole Miss baseball over the last couple of years, the one name that comes to your head is Tim Elko. Walk, mm-hmm. Talk to me about you know getting to cover Tim Elko and just the type of player that he is in, in his time in Oxford. 
first of all, he's just a first-class human being. He wears the captain. He's a true leader of the team and does all of that stuff. But I think Elko last year when he tore his ACL, hit that turn kind of put him into mythical territory, so to speak. And that carried over into this year. This year, Elko broke the single-season home run record. Um, and I think they're four or five away from the um, career record. I don't know if he'll get that in Omaha. But, I mean, it's there and still technically possible. Um, but he's just a super good dude. And he deserves a lot of credit for this turnaround because a lot of teams, after they went through that slump in May and April or March and April, they would have they were just completely tanked. He deserves a lot of credit getting these guys back, him and Justin Bench and Kevin Graham and those guys. Um, I think that is bigger than we actually know. Yeah, you know, you kind of hit on my next question. Outside of Tim Elko, who are some guys that, that Ole Miss really relies on to, to deliver offensively? Leadership, Justin Bench and Kevin Graham, absolutely. Um, I think in the LSU series, the um, I think Ben McDonald referred to Kevin Graham as a walking um, barrel because he just can barrel up um, a fastball on just about anybody. But Jacob Gonzalez is the number one draft prospect of all the teams at the College World Series. He's not coming out this year. He's going to come out next year, but he's really good. He's got like 18 home runs. He's hitting close to 300. He's an excellent shortstop. Um, he's probably the, the player that I've enjoyed watching most out of all my time at Ole Miss. So definitely pay attention to Jacob Gonzalez. His plaudits are worth it. He's just a really good baseball player. Chatting with Stephen Willis of Locked On Ole Miss. Talk to me about this pitching staff. You know, Hunter Elliott, Dylan DeLucia, and Derek Diamond are, are your three weekend guys. But going down the list, I mean, even Lafayette product, Drew McDaniel. Talk, talk to me about this pitching rotation. Well, um, I told you earlier, like I said, after week three, the team ERA was about nine. It was something astronomical. And then Mike Bianco started, okay, we got to do something. And what he did was he put Dylan DeLucia and Hunter Elliott into the Friday and Saturday role and moved Derek Diamond back. Dylan DeLucia has turned into a true SEC ace. Um, if you watch Major League Baseball at all, he kind of does stuff with the fastball similar to Lance Lynn. Um, as the ball kind of moves in and out, it's, it's, it's really impressive. And whenever he's on, it's hard to hit. Now, opposing hitters do square him up about two or three times a game. And – in Charles Schwab field, hopefully that'll play into it and, or he'll be able to get away with it. Um, but the true ace of this staff is a true freshman. It's the um, Hunter Elliott, the second starter. He's a left-hander. He'll remind you a ton of Doug McKaysey. He's coming up there with about 90-mile-an-hour fastball. He has an unbelievable changeup. And the what he does with the curveball is, is just buckling. It starts out behind left-handed hitters. And he is one hit Miami, and he's three hit Southern Miss in the NCAA tournament. Derek Diamond, if it gets to a game three, it's just kind of let's see if we can slug our way to a victory at that point. Um, we've struggled on Sunday all year, um, but we'll we'll see how that goes. But I feel really good about tomorrow night with Delucia and Monday night with Hunter Elliott. Chatting with Stephen Willis of Locked On Ole Miss. You know, AM going down in, in game number one, 13 to eight. Does that change your thoughts about the Rebels at all? Or do do you, you know, where do you stand on the Rebels in this field? 
Oklahoma is kind of the other brackets version of Ole Miss. They came in just piping hot just at the right time. They won the Big 12 tournament, was able to turn it around. I think they dropped a game to Virginia Tech, but they won their regional as a two-seed in Florida. And and they just found a power surge all of a sudden. And they're kind of like a little bit like Ole Miss. Like, it would not surprise me if the College World Series final was Oklahoma and Ole Miss. It also would not surprise me at all if neither of those two teams were there. It, those are two of the wild cards in this bracket, I think. Yeah, it's such a wide open field between, mm-hmm. you know, Texas, Oklahoma, AM, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Arkansas, and even Stanford and Auburn. I mean, it's anybody's tournament at, at this point, which is something that we haven't seen in Omaha in a long time because, you know, especially in recent years, you've gone into Omaha with a clear-cut favorite. Yeah, if you look at it, when Tennessee was just rolling through, everybody just saw they were the team that could kind of big daddy this tournament to where they could just go straight through and win it. Whenever they got um, eliminated, everybody was like, well, what now? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, yeah, who, 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 maybe the Oregon State's the favorite. Oh, no, they got beat by Auburn. Um, Stanford, the number two seed, is prob- might be a favorite. But I don't know what to think because they have you seen their home field? They have like acres of foul ground. It's like a baseball field from the 1850s. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and you look at – you know, the SEC teams, Arkansas is good. Texas is good. It's it's just going to be really cool to see it play out. I don't know how it's going to go, but it's going to be fun. Now, tomorrow night, the Rebels will start their journey in Omaha with the Tigers of Auburn. Ole Miss has had some some fortunate bounces with, with the Tigers, winning 13-6, to 15-2, to and then the one loss being a 19-5 to game. You know, what What are your thoughts on this matchup and how do you see Ole Miss faring in that matchup? Well, I don't think we can take too much, honestly, from the first series because it's a completely different pitching staff. And even the pitcher for Auburn did not throw against Ole Miss. Um, so it's going to look a little bit different. I do think Dylan Delucia should just prepare himself to go ahead and intentionally walk um, Sonny DeShera four times. <laughs> um, and just, the, just do the Barry Bonds rules. Because whenever he's not batting, the Auburn's offense isn't as good. It's actually um, pretty bizarre. Their pitcher is pretty good, and they're really good in the field. I think it's going to be a tough game. They're just a gritty team. They're just a tough team. And um, if Ole Miss can match that, I think Ole Miss has the better baseball team. But they just have to mass- match that toughness and grittiness. Last question I've got for you, Stephen, is, you know, talk to me about the future of Ole Miss. You know, for for somebody or for an area that doesn't really follow Ole Miss too heavy, you know, how many seniors are there? How many guys are going to the draft? How much of this team is Mike Bianco going to get back next year? Well, um, he's going to lose a good number of guys like Elko and Justin Bench and um, Kevin Graham that were basically COVID seniors as they go into the draft, they decided to come back to go to Auburn, um, to Omaha, which vindication, right? Um, but you're also going to have some people eligible for the draft. Dylan Delucia is actually draft eligible. TJ McCants is draft eligible. I don't know exactly how that looked. They're probably going to lose Peyton Chatagnier. Um, We'll see how that happens. But next year, I'm pretty excited about this. Um, Eddie Furness's kid. Um, is an Ole Miss commit that is going to be out there next year. And the big slugger at LSU, his son, 
is signed on to play with Mike Bianco next year. So I'm looking forward wow. to seeing him as well. Yeah, that's that's huge for uh, mm-hmm. for for the Ole Miss Rebels. All right, Stephen, before you run, man, tell tell our listeners where they can they can find your work with Locked On Ole Miss. Okay, um, we're on YouTube. Just search Locked On Ole Miss, and um, you can see all of our new ca- newscasts. We do a daily show every day, about 30 minutes long. After the Omaha um, game against Auburn, we're going to do a live stream for about 45 minutes to an hour. We're going to have our contributors on there, and you can participate in the chat. If you want to do that, search Locked On Ole Miss and um, see what's up. We'll be glad to have you. Fantastic, Stephen. Appreciate you taking the time, man. Enjoy the next couple of games in Omaha, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, bud. There he goes, Mr. Stephen Willis from Locked On Ole Miss. As a reminder, the game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to win awesome gifts like a $150 gift card to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cyrus Bayou, a $50 gift card to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But the only way to score these great prizes is by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse. Again, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free and it's simple, so go sign up today. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, Bailey Fox, the host of Aerial Angels at Michael's Men's Club, will join me for a short interview explaining what this event is and how it's going to work on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Migas and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Migas and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Migas and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Migas, James Mesh. We spent a little bit of the last segment talking with Alicia and Venom, who are two of the contestants in Michael's Men's Club's Aerial Angels on Wednesday night. Same night as the birthday bash, but we're treating it kind of as an after party of such. Now, to give you even more in-depth information, is the host of the event, Miss Bailey Fox. Bailey, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So, you know... Aerial Angels, the the way it's kind of been described to me is very similar to the Stripper Olympics that Michaels has done, you know, time and time again, with a little bit more of like a Cirque du Soleil type flair. Walk me through the event. Yes, that's pretty much right. Um, so the strip the the Stripper Olympics, wow, stutter. <laughs> the Stripper Olympics doesn't have an aerial division. It has um, lap dance, pole and the floor show, which is um, the feature show. And so we made this less featurey and more sports-like and circus-like. Um, it will be, I like to call it the naked circus. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it is it is what it is. And now, you know, if, if people want to, you know, if they're coming from our birthday bash at B-dubs, down to, to Michaels and Broussard. What time does everything start? What time should people get there? You know, things like that. 
the show starts at 7 and we open at 5. So, you know, the earlier you get there, the better seats you'll get. And now, you know, for from like a ticket price standpoint, is is there tickets to get or do you just pay at the door? Pay at the door. Um, I'm not sure what the door price is, but it's affordable. It's It's nothing crazy. 15 contestants worldwide you know yes. how how crazy is that to have yes. people from all over the world coming uh, here i'm so excited i have personally invited um a lot of these girls and then some of the girls have come to me and i i'm on their social media accounts i see what they can do i see the aerial apparatuses they own in their own homes and the videos that they post of their skills this is, you can't even see this stuff at the circus. It's so amazing. These girls are mind-blowing, and they're all competing for first place, so they're going to be even more mind-blowing that day. <laughs> so, you know, I know we talked about the Sherpa Olympics a little bit and about how this is a little more sports-like, a little more skill level in in, in terms of, of the moves that they're going to be doing, but how does being in the Stripper Olympics kind of prepare you for this uh that's a great question um so 15 competitors twenty five hundred dollars up for grabs how does the prize money work like are you splitting twenty five hundred dollars between first second and third or is the winner getting twenty five hundred dollars that was actually a debate on how to do that we were going to do um first second and third for pole and then first second and third for aerial and then winner takes all and then um we settled on first, second, and third overall. So a percentage of your pole performance and a percentage of your aerial performance combines to your 100% score, and then those will be decided first, second, and third. Is there anything else, you know, necessary information that the people need to know before they head out on Wednesday night? Um, You can tip your performers, just so you know. We love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bailey... mm. You good? Um, it's just like a, a night out at the club. Come like you're going to any gentleman's club. Just be prepared to see a whole lot more than you'll ever see at any other club you go to. This is a very happy, great medium between the circus and a gentleman's club. Hey, a gentleman's club meets the circus. It sounds like a good night. Yes. <laughs> Bailey Fox from Michael's Men's Club joining us to talk about Aerial Angels Wednesday night, June 22nd, starting at 7 o'clock at Michael's Men's Club in Broussard. Bailey, really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Trail is putting on a free all-day event this Saturday, Cafe 20.3, 1500 General Mouton. In addition to free paddling, there will also be a party featuring live music to help out the Mile Zero heroes by raising awareness and funds to build the new Teat Frere Park and Boat Launch at Mile Zero of the Vermilion River. Donations and sponsorships are welcome. Trail will match up to $20,000 in donations. For more information, visit www.latrail.org. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 47 minutes after 5 o'clock here on your Friday. James, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to our wingman rejoin that just played. 
And it wasn't until I went rewatch the first Top Gun. So I, I knew the line, you know, that you can be my, I knew that came from Top Gun. Like, I'm not an idiot. But the music in the background, it didn't click that that was the Top Gun like anthem for me until I went rewatch the, the first Top Gun. You just thought it was like Danger Zone the whole time? Well, right. I just. <laughs> you just thought it was Danger Zone the whole movie? Well, no. Like, the the beat on in the back of the rejoin. Yeah. I didn't realize that that came from Top Gun. I just thought that it was just like a song. Oh, okay. But then when I went rewatched, I was like, oh, so like, it like is wait a, a minute. Hold it on. is a 100% Top Gun rejoin. Yeah, it's just, that's all it is. Yeah. So, how, how'd you know I like Top Gun? Oh, well, I didn't. I just thought it was funny because we were talking about, when we were coming up with the rejoins, Ray said, Let, let's come with the first batch. And he just decided to make one be Wingman. And I just remembered, like, hey, oh, you could be my wingman anytime. I was like, put that in. So then he had thought, okay, well, the top gun let me put so. the let yep. me put the the music in there as, as well. Yeah, that's solid. That's solid. All right, so big weekend. Got to finish up the U.S. Open, College World Series getting underway. Got tons of baseball to watch. James, what what you, what you got planned for the weekend? Well, my family likes to do things a little early. So instead of celebrating Father's Day with everybody getting together on Sunday, we're actually going to do it tomorrow. Hey, we did Father's Day today. So Oh, really? Nice. Uh, we went to lunch with my dad today. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so tomorrow is the Father's Day party. Yes. At the Mesh Residence. Correct. What, what, what's going down at the Mesh Residence tomorrow? What, kind of, what kind of food y'all eating? Uh, spiral ha- What? Let me let me look at the roster. Look at the roster. He's breaking out the Mesh Family Dinner roster. Uh, so spiral ham, yum, candied yams. We're Yam. we're a big yam family yum. since my my granny. She used to win a bunch of competitions with with yams. Hey man, yams and hams. I'm good. Uh, homemade yeast rolls. Okay, that's gonna be my part. That's what you're making. Yeah, because all the kids are making it. Ah, uh, like pretty much all the stuff. But the yams are already done and. The spiral ham is the spiral ham. Like it's already right. done for you. Right. I'm I'm making the yeast rolls, and then we're having a harvest salad, and almond pound cake because my dad loves almond pound cake. Jeez, that sounds like a good Saturday. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah, that that doesn't sound that doesn't sound too bad. Um, covering the Astros game tonight, aren't you? Correct, Mundo. Yeah, absolutely. The Astros playing the White Sox seven ten on Apple TV Plus. Once again, Framber Valdez going for the Astros and Lucas. Giolito going for the White Sox. But you know what tomorrow is for the Astros, huh, James? Enlighten me. It's JV Day. Justin Verlander. Justin Day. Verlander, baby. Why, like, what is he talking why, about? Why you, think, why you think I picked tomorrow's game to cover? I, w- I want to write about JV throwing a no-hitter. And I just jinxed it. <laughs> It's all good. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Kiss of death. <laughs> why, do, why do you think that I have the kiss of death? Because you've done this every time. You've. You, I, I don't think I have. You've cursed the Celtics three times. I don't think I have. You have. I don't think so. You cursed the Cajuns. Oh, no, did. I did not. Yes, you did. When did I curse the Cajuns? <laughs> You're like, <laughs> we're up. And then they gave up four runs in the in the ninth. Well, it, was it four? 
It was we were up four. They gave up five. There it is. Okay, so you, for, point further proven. You know what? Whatever. Um, give me five Saints players before we run. Oh my god! You got five minutes. Give me five Saints players that are underrated. 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 One of those Tano passing you. No one talks okay. about him. I agree. He, he had career highs last year for the first time. Yeah, I, I agree. And he's, it was the first time in Saints uniform, and he did the best he's ever done. He's been the most effective. Would you say that Chauncey Garner Johnson is underrated? Are you talking about like league wide? Like nobody talks about yeah. him? Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't hear enough people talk about him. We hear it about in Saints groups, but I don't hear anybody nationwide or outside of Saints fandom or the Saints organization that are like, CD Deuce? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's 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 well he's out there. All right, so who else you got? That's two. I'm not giving you everything. Oh, oh, <laughs> he went there. Okay, so let let me ask you this. I'll you can, uh, I'll also say I I think Contavious Street. No one's talking Contavious about him. Street. That's fair because I I think he puts up pretty solid stats at. They have him as defensive end, but he's he's more often than not a defensive tackle, more on the inside than on the edge. Will so Lutz. the fact that he's he's up there, Will Lutz, yeah, that's because I've brought him up a couple times. Like I said, he wins. He could win you two or three games by himself. Just the fact that he's able to make extra points and consistently make field goals. And you know which one? I'm another one that I'm going to go with. Who you got? I'm going to go Pete Warner. Oh, love it. I'm going to go Pete Warner because everybody's like, oh, when's Quan coming back? Why why haven't we signed Quan? Why why don't we have Quan back? I mean, let's be honest. If if he wasn't an LSU Tiger, how much would you really want Quan? That's the question. If he wasn't an LSU Tiger, how much do you how much would you be like we need Quan in the lineup? You know who else is underrated? Who you got? Jameis. There it is. Jameis. All right, so here, here's here's another question I have. Okay. Alante Taylor. Yeah. He's practicing with the team. As everyone is, he hasn't signed. He hasn't. He hasn't signed his rookie contract. He's listed on NewOrleansSaints.com as an unsigned draft pick. Why do you think? Why do you think he hasn't signed? I mean, what what could be the holdup? I mean, he was a second round pick. His value's got to be what three million a year for four years. So that's a twelve million dollar contract. Like why has why hasn't that been signed yet? Unless maybe they're just haven't updated the website. But now that I think about it, because well, he, here's the thing: I'm looking at according to Spotrack, Taylor is set to make an estimated seven point two million dollars over four years. His signing bonus is is estimated to be just under so they two did and a sign half. him. Yeah. Okay, because I I don't remember reading about um. A guy getting signed. Well, it kind of got lost in the weeds. So that's unless you're top talent, like top fifteen, top twenty, or pretty much any first round. It it feels like a lot of the news of like, oh, by the way, uh, unless you hear that every single player has been signed to a team, it it kind of goes under the radar. It, it kind of gets lost in the weeds because I never necessarily heard Alante Taylor was officially signed. But I do know I do know most of them, if not all of them, it's signed. But yeah, looking well, at it, he's he's got just over seven as his contract. So 
on um, on Spotrack. It says that he did sign a four-year contract, but it has no information about salary. I'm sure yearly-wise they haven't announced that information, but I'm looking at what I looked up. So what, $7 million four years? 7.2 over four years with estimated of 2.4. That's not that's not a terrible deal. No. And and just the fact that every single every single contract is only going to go up. I mean, having him as a second round pick. It it sounds kind of high for a rookie, but at the same time, I mean, the numbers have gone up each year, so it, it seems about right. Yeah, that's that's fair. One last look at the poll question before we head on to our weekend who is your favorite in the College World Series? We still have another you know, week or so of the World Series before it wraps up on June 27th. But according to Twitter, 11.1% say Ole Miss, 44.4% say A&M, 33.3% say Oklahoma, and 11.1% say other. Man, give me the Irish. Give me the Irish. I want to thank, take this opportunity to thank Stephen Willis and the ladies of Michael's Men's Club for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in each and every day. We'll be back on Monday to start a whole new week with you right here. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez saying be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. We'll see you on Monday here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.